All right, you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the best of the best of the best. Fully loaded. It was so good. Luck, luck, luck. I don't think I've ever been chuffed. And what the mouth word said was, you talk too much. Scotty Potty Hay. Someone slap me. That is not that crazy. That's hard. Losers. This is like proof of the supernatural. This is not the first goal scored by a hand this month. What? You made your own luck. You win by winning. When he plays, he scores. You're a potty baby that doesn't deserve to be a baby. He's just a beardo. Si, senor. I would like the Pollo Ranchero, por favor. I'm just going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. All right, welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Levy. Brian Chesko. What's so funny, Scott? You know, we really should release like a, a an album. There's a reason why I don't hit record yeah, before an, we start. An album of like the five minutes before we start recording every episode. <laughs> Maybe we can somehow make Some that Some of a, the best stuff. We can somehow make that a Patreon tier. I could <laughs> just uh, access, easy, unedited access, <laughs> easy. Easy would not be a good word to describe it. Uh, yeah, that access. considering what we were just talking about, that's really funny. Yeah, yeah. no, that is funny. Uh, hey, what are what are we? Are, do we do this anymore? Hey, welcome back. Yeah, we're a little rusty. I, wow, I think what's up? Hey, look, who's that guy? That's Brian. What's up? Got a Remember that time. from a long time ago? <laughs> we won't ever say that again. No, okay. in fact, we should probably edit that out. But hey, we're back for this episode. Honestly, the three of us. I've needed a break. Yeah, this feels really good though. It like, does. This feels yeah. like. Home. That's the Sazerac talking. Sazerac Rye on tap tonight, along with very old Barton. Um, so, hey, go help yourself and enjoy it. Bourbon or our podcast? Bourbon. Uh, okay. You will never enjoy this podcast if you, unless you have bourbon. <laughs> That's a valid point. <laughs> valid point. We are, as we record this, near the end of June, about a month and a half, just about a month and a half from the end of of the Premier League season, 2018-19. Yeah. We are almost as close to the new season as we are as far away from the end of the old season. Yeah, you just confused me, but I get it. Okay. We're here to just recap what's happened to this point, which really is only the release of the new season schedule. Nothing! When is someone going to sign somebody of consequence? I mean, we said bye-bye to Eden Hazard, right? I mean, that's something. But you did. Gonna, you did while he was crushing Arsenal. Oh, I I couldn't have. I loved watching him get out of town. Mm. I mean, he was the only thing that made Chelsea tick for the last four it's or five sad, years. It's the second saddest thing that's happened of significance this summer so far. The What's first that? thing the, would yeah. be well, just the one that happened here the other day, recently which, here, which was Rafa. The Rafa Lucian oh, is, is oh, like it will no away. longer be gonna, televised. You're gonna bring that in that quickly? Well, yeah, this we is gonna, can delay that it, a little look, bit. Like, like a it, cloud, a haze. You know it's going to impact. It's going to impact the the what the schedule is, and that's why we're here tonight. So I mean, I'm I'm just saying that's just something that you know. Hey, Debbie Downer, Debbie Downer over there, what's n- going on? Newly relegated Newcastle United. <laughs> we'll have to factor that into our preseason plans. Wow. That's all. It's a good Brian's point. Brian's already. What I'm saying now. is that there's there, Scott's exactly right. There hasn't been a lot of movement. 
and I just feel like until there's more, a lot more movement, or until a lot of these, a lot of these rumors sort themselves out, like they do every year, uh, we are stuck having to rake through this, like uh, like we're trying to sift through a litter box for turds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna let Lloyd Kelly know what you called him just now. Okay, new yeah. newborn myth signing. Oh well, I mean, he's I'm yay, sure he's, Lloyd Kelly. I'm Woo! sure he, he's probably real. Welcome nice. to the Premier League. <laughs> Woohoo! I hope your price is above three point eight. Of course, it will be. Um, Anyhow, all of that to say, what are we here to do? We're here to look at the schedule that was released for the new season. The 2019-20 Premier League schedule is out, and we're going to use that to start our planning, to start our strategic planning dave yeah for our fpl season coming up beginning august like what 7th or 9th or something that crazy it's like six weeks away yeah seven seven six to seven seven, weeks away right by the time i produce this it'll probably be five weeks away (laughs) please no but no seriously though it's coming up take your time but it's right around the bend (laughs) we have so many things that we're gonna have to cover and do and it's right around the bend and it's it's mind-blowing so Dave, when we I put the call out, I said, "Hey, let's get together. Let's talk about the schedule." Yeah. What did you decide to do to prepare? Because that's going to tell us all a little bit about the strategy you're employing to start the season. So for me, I always and this never changes. Always, always look try to look about four weeks ahead mm-hmm. when I'm when I'm looking at things. Try not to look too much further past that because so many things can happen in four weeks. Why try to plan past that? especially to start the season when the fifth week is an international break. So mm-hmm. the, the teams will play four games, and then they have international break. And every single year, that's just about the time you are ready. Sh- com- take it, you know, If your, your team was on a sheet of paper, mm-hmm. then you would literally shred him up piece by piece into little small pieces where it looks like confetti, and then you launch them in the air and watch them fall like snowflakes. That's what you feel like oftentimes – with your Premier League team by the time you get to the fifth week. Mm. And then you use your wild card. So okay. you, you shred it up and then use your wild card because you're so much smarter and you know a little bit more okay. once the season starts because it always surprises us. You can't just pick the same players that you had at the end of last season, although it feels like that right now because no one's done any signings. It's true. And then just plug them in. It's good. Right? Yeah. So that's what I'm looking at. So when I was looking at it and doing the prep for this, I, I simply went through every single team alphabetically. Ten page, ten on one page, ten on the other. You might hear me flipping my pages back in my notebook. Yes, I actually write things down and use paper, millennials. And and I had the first four weeks written down. So it, it helps me look at it, analyze it, and then try to figure out if I want this player. And I don't want to put too much weight into it, mm-hmm. but I think something should be said for schedule. I know Brian typically poo-poos the the color ratings, but you have to yeah. start somewhere. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind using the the color rated the fantasy Premier League provided color rating. Uh, you know, to as a as a good overview. I don't mind kind of at a glance seeing like oh that's not a terrible matchup or whatever especially at the start of the season maybe at the start of the season i think it's way more applicable by the by mid-season you know way more about the clubs and i know by the end of the season to me i think they should have just started over again well and but i think you'd be okay with it if they adjusted it quicker 
right? Yeah, they like they like they leave it too long before they start making adjustments. And in fairness, like t- the, you know, the end of last season, I think is a great example. Everton had no business having a good defensive rating whatsoever at any point in the season last season. And whose defense was the most uh, was the most productive over the last in 10 fantasy weeks. points over the end towards the end of the season? Everton almost almost a quarter more than a quarter of the season. No one's defense was better than Everton's. Right. So at the end, there was you know you had a guy here and there. You had Dina doing you know attacking returns Seamus at the Coleman beginning as of the, well. well at the beginning of the a calendar year oh, of yes, 2019. Yes, yes, yes. You had one right. viable option. By the end of the season, you should have just made your entire back line Everton. You should have owned three three Everton defenders. Right. You should have just goalkeeper. right. You should have just played Pickford and two or three Everton defenders. So what I'm saying, all of that to say, that's that is you know that's unpredictable, and I don't know. Three weeks into that, do you look ahead at the schedule and you say, well, it's not great. They have a really a bunch of tough matchups coming up, including Liverpool, including. You know, you know these difficult matchups. What are you going to do? Are they going to adjust it based on the form of three weeks? Or are they going to adjust it based on predictive schedule? I'm saying I think this is one of the few places where, if you're watching, if you're seeing the matches every week, you kind of get a feel for the cohesion. Like I like a, another good example. I think would be what happens with Aaron Juan Basaka. darling of the at least the you know beginning of the season last season in FPL. Everyone owned him. And now, you know, guaranteed to have... There's no way he's going to start the season at $4. No, absolutely. Four pounds the way he did last season. And is he going to be on Crystal Palace again? Right. His but price will automatically go up a little bit more if he's on United. He'll be at least four and a half if he stays at, if he stays at Palace. His overall productivity for the season, you, I mean, you could argue... He might you, get to if five. If he gets to five, you wouldn't be surprised by that. But what I'm saying is, it's not like a better defense necessarily, but... Now we know you're not necessarily going to own Aaron Wan-Bissaka for clean sheets or for attacking returns, I don't think. His value doesn't make him a, a great option, but we know enough about him to say he downgraded everyone attacking on his side. He made life difficult for anybody who, he was, who was playing against him right. on in the opposing team. What I'm saying is like these are the, these are the minimum things that we have to go on right right now right. so i just i mean we could talk about your club dave you could talk about defensive frailty for oh arsenal and what that you know knowing going into the season like, only a year older so far hey they are right. working on it sure i'm sure they are that's, I, i'm it, thinking they might get a left back i'm hoping so that i feel like that's as i feel like that's as good as it can get in terms of predictive power here right. until we see bigger movement from and there just hasn't been much movement yeah now, Dave, you said you wrote out the first four matchups, and so we'll go through some of these clubs here in a minute. But how much, uh, how much do you really put into the matchups for those first four weeks? And I, I asked that with two thoughts in mind. Uh, number one, I go international break by international break for the first three months too because it helps me get into the season and breaks it up after every four games or so when there's another international break. It's it's frustrating when you're trying to watch matches, but it's it's helpful for FPL purposes and planning purposes. But the reality is, the Premier League is structured so that every club plays every other club twice, once at home and once away, and the only variable in that entire system is when you play whom. 
So how much does it really matter as far as matchups are concerned? Hey, Scott, that's a good question. I think this, it doesn't matter, in my opinion, for the the, the big-time players, for your Harris Kane, for your Sergio Cunaguero, for Raheem Sterling, Andy for, Robertson. for Mohamed Salah, for Robertson, for Allison, maybe maybe Liverpool defense, but they were so good last year that they were the best last year. Overall, the whole season, they were the best. Something was going on in the city of Liverpool because Everton was turned out to be pretty good too by the end of the season. They were, all, they were all right. I think where it matters more, Scott, you can't fill your team, and, and we'll get into this as we get closer, and everyone, the veterans who have listened to us before know this because they've played. You cannot fill out your team with studs at every position, hmm. right? So you, you just can't do it. It's the, the, the finances won't let you do it. Right. By the end of the season, depending on how you're able to make money or such, you might be able to add some one or two more than maybe someone else in your league, but it's not. You're always in limited. the beginning. Yeah. In the beginning, there's limitations. There's li- there's financial limitations. So who are you filling your team with? What players? What lower end players? What Aaron Wambasakas are you are you finding out there this mm. year? Aaron yeah. Wambasaka, AWB will be at least at least four five or five zero to start the season, whether he's with United or Palace. He will not start at 4-0. Everyone owned him last year at 4-0. Why? Because he was a defensive starter that was $4. He's one of those guys where, like you said, you get into the season and you realize, wait a minute, there's enormous value here. Let me get that guy. And so he was getting some clean sheets, and there was a few times he got some offensive returns. Yeah. So then all of a sudden people are like, well. Well, not only, let's take a step back from that. Well, he was 4-0 or whatever, and he was starting, and that that was where the attention began. And, well, so so, yes, there. But a lot of people missed out on some of his points because they had him on on their bench, mm-hmm. right? Because he's a four. They just picked him up because he was a four zero starter. I probably fell into that category if I go back and look at it. So, you know, if you had the balls to start him, then then yeah, you cashed in on all his points early. Now so that that gets into some strategy. Yeah, that gets into some strategy. I say all that to say this: there will be an Aaron Wambasaka out there somewhere, right? Sure. There will be a. David Brooks out there somewhere, Brian. There, yeah. there will be. It might be David Brooks. It might be David Brooks. <laughs> there will be other players. A Neil Etheridge out yeah. there. Exactly. Very good point. Neil Etheridge. He played for. You have already forgotten. Cardiff, Cardiff City. He played for relegated Cardiff City. You don't pay any attention to the championship, do you? Neil Etheridge played for relegated Cardiff City. Yet. He was in the top three or four goalkeeper scoring fantasy-wise. Therefore, his schedule and or Cardiff's schedule at the time was important. Although, if I remember correctly, Neil actually had his higher scoring games. Yeah, he made games, a ton of saves against games top six where clubs. where you wouldn't have thought he would have had them. So I guess that brings me back to my point. I, and we have not released this episode yet, but I've, I've, I've recorded an episode, Dave. We're waiting to release it later in the summer where I describe my struggles last year because I learned a lot at the bottom. Like I, you know, I was at the ultimate peak two seasons ago. Right. And then I hit my lowest valley last season. Learned a lot both, more so last year than the year prior. One of the things that came out of last year though was that when you try to play to matchups, it resembles buying a lottery ticket from week to week in FPL. I don't know if I completely agree with that, but continue. You're hoping to to strike it big, to, to rich, to make it you know to make it big, 
And a lot of times you're surprised. Like, I go back to that reduced game week last season where there were something like four matches, and, and I did my wild card. My, or I'm sorry, I did my free hit. Right. Uh, my second half of the season during that FA Cup shortened weekend. And I tried to play to what I thought the results of the weekend would be. And I got just about every single one of them wrong. West Ham. Yeah, well, yeah, it was a big one. Declan Rice, thanks so much. But that's because the results can be so hard to predict. Of course. When we get to the end of every season when th- that we've done this, we're always surprised by those guys who were never spectacular but are still near the top of the FPL points for their position. Because every week they just chugged along. Occasionally there was a two or a three, and then there was a five or a six, but they played every match. It was unspectacular. You probably never captained them, captained them, but you would get to the place where you got the fourth highest forward if you kept them all year and put them in your lineup, and you got all those points for you towards your own lineup in FPL. I want that guy. But with that guy, I'm not playing to matchups at all. I'm playing to the best lineup from week to week, regardless of matchup. With maybe only one or two guys that I'm putting into my lineup because of who they're playing. Otherwise, my core, my starting keeper, my top couple of defenders, maybe three midfielders and one forward, they're in no matter who they are playing. I feel like you're holding back a smile. You got something. No, no, that's fine. That's great. No, look, that's probably really will be fine. I, I was I was just joking because I felt like you wanted me to be sarcastic back at you there. No, I think that that's probably okay. I think that's really hard to do. Really? Absolutely. You've got a 38-week season. It didn't take us long to find Aaron Wan-Bissaka. It didn't take us long to well, find Luke Dina. The word was out on him before the season started. And and the, the same with Dina. Yeah, it didn't take us long I mean, to find Andy Robertson. There are players that are going to buy... By end of July, we'll have played some competitive, we'll at least have seen them perform competitively to get some idea of team selection, to get some idea of who's impressing in, you know, in their camp or who's, who, you know, who, who clubs are looking at, you know, as far as not just signings, but players who came on throughout the course of the season last season, but I don't I I would love to be able to set it and forget it with the best players. But I mean I think that's yeah I think that's definitely a a strategy to avoid is shuffling those top guys around. If you shuffled Raheem Sterling and Eden Hazard and Mo Salah all season long, you're probably you know, it was tough to get on the train at the right time. So there just got to be a point where last season it was you just got to have to have two of them, one one and a half of them, depending <laughs> right. on how you are arranging your, you know, but depending on what formation you are playing. I found last year to be so difficult because it was so hard to lock down on on hardly anyone. Yeah, there were all there were down stretches for Hazard, for Sterling, for Salah, for Mane, and for every forward who yeah. played last year. Short of maybe Raul Jimenez, only because he was your second forward anyway. You gotta look at matchups, Scott. No, you don't. That's my point. <laughs> no, you don't. No, no, no. Y- yes, you do. Now, look, they might not always work out, but numbers don't lie. And I know that uh, when you triple captained Mo Salah against Huddersfield, how'd that work out? It for was you? the right decision, but it didn't work. 
that can't be right. Absolutely. It's all about results, man. It's results. Any card out there, any poker player out there right now knows this. You can make the right decision. You play the odds. You you can make the right decision and it not work out for you. Sure. This is the same thing. This is the same thing in Moneyball. This is the same thing in, in... There's one key difference. There's one key this difference. This is not a baseball podcast, but look at look at Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. They, they it is the number sport. Yeah. They have earned run averages, they have batting averages. And you know what they do with you most of the time? They go with the numbers. That's true. Okay? And why do they why do they do that? Because most of the time the numbers work out. Most of the time your player will end up scoring on the back of his his fantasy soccer Soccer football card, which doesn't exist, but if it did, most of the time, for those of you who don't know, there used to be baseball cards here in the U.S. They, and on the back are. of the baseball cards, they had the player statistics from year to year. And what you would normally say is, flip the card over. That's probably, even if the guy starts off slow, he's probably going to end up with the statistic on the back of his baseball card because that's what he does. These players, and, and honestly, to your point, this actually supports what you're saying. You're starting to sound like you're the, on my side. The guys will, the top guys mm-hmm. will end up doing what they do on the back of their card sure. that they don't actually have because they don't make football cards. Regression to the mean, right? To use a phrase. Well, aggression, regression, and/or ascension to the mean. However, you want to look at yeah, it. You yeah. always want to look negatively at it. Yeah. I'm going to look positively at it. We all have roles to play. That's fine. Negative, <laughs> negative, Scott. <laughs> What say you, Brian? Well, I just don't know how much. I mean, we talked about this a lot last year. Whether or not, I mean, it, I mean, there's no, there's no rule that works all the time. So as much as, as much that is as true, so as much true. as players want, or as much as FPL players have seen, you know, I, I, you see it just about in any fantasy sport that you know you're looking at form, you are looking at fixtures, and there, you know, I've I saw it plenty of times last year that form follows fixtures that you're. Looking at the, you're looking at the what look like on paper the easier matchups, uh, you know, and and a lot of times it does work out that way. I mean, the cl- the you, the bottom clubs are the bottom for a reason, and and yeah, but but at the same time, like you had plenty of examples last season where you know a top club underperformed against a you know against one of the lower clubs, or 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 Manchester City beating Chelsea 6 nothing or whatever it was. Never so once. There, there, there are plenty of moments like that, too, where it just goes completely against the, you know, against against form and fixture. So I, I, <coughs> I, know, that's a, I know that's a perfect way for me to get back where I enjoy sitting right on the fence. Yes. But I'm, my te- I mean, I definitely lean towards, I mean, I do, I do what anybody else does. I have to look at it and say, like, that's not bad for them in their next three. They've got so and so, them, and them, and they happen to be at home in two of those three or whatever. I mean, I don't know how else you really read it, other than to just sort exclusively by player form and just say this guy's hot right now. Clearly, he's the guy that's you know that's going to do this. And if you did that last season. That's why so many people ended up with Ross Barkley and Roberto Pereira for big stretches of the season, because at some point they did something, and and that's where bandwagons. I mean, that's where bandwagons. But, but come I love, on, I we love all you. know that you cannot rely on last week's goal scorers. True. To predict and bring in transfer in this week's top players. Then why do they have form? 
Why is there a record of form? Dave, yes, how much you can do, you, do that. How much do you hate when we go through every game week's dream team? I, Those are the top guys from the previous week. Yeah. And you think... And some of them are relevant. You think it's the dumbest part of our podcast it every is. single week. It is. And yet, that is form. It covers some form. Sure. But some, but some of these guys are like one out of ten week form. I guess that's what's annoying to me, and that's what I roll my eyes predict? at. How do you predict? Look, this is where I'd rather make a mistake. I would rather make a mistake captaining Raheem Sterling at Sheffield United and and him only score two points and get subbed out at the 58th minute mark than like randomly just pick Diego Jota when he got hit the first Wolves hat trick in Wolves history and triple captain him on that day. Dale Lefeu, Gerard De Lefeu did the same thing for Watford where it was like yeah. he, he had no form and then all of a sudden it, he, Boom, he had trick. been playing well. But just didn't get the returns, and, and, and then all of a sudden, hat trick, here you go. And, and then, some yeah. people in FPL, you can track it, triple captain those guys in those days. Like, I don't know, one or two, three, four, five, ten, fifteen, twenty. Out of seven My, my point is this. Yeah. That is a horrible decision to pick De La Feu to triple captain on that day. I would disagree. But guess what? It worked. It worked. So it's not a horrible decision. No, the proper decision would have been... I'm going to pick Raheem Sterling at Sheffield, and then he ends up only getting two points. That I can at least at the end of the day, because what happens if this? What happens if Raheem Sterling has a trip, has the has the hat trick against Sheffield, and I didn't triple captain him, and then I went with something stupid like triple captaining Goodmanson against Manchester City? It's like what? Like why would you do that? So you and I look at. I mean, sure. I'm just going to take little coins out of my pocket and throw them in the wishing well and hope, oh my God, I hope this works out today. But you and I look at things differently because I'm all about the results. I get what you're saying. Say that after the game's over? (laughs) Yes, the best way to determine whether you did the right thing. I got the results right. Therefore, (laughs) my balls are big. It's only stupid if it doesn't work. That's fact. That statement is fact. It's only stupid if it doesn't work. You play the numbers. You I play don't. the numbers. Sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't. But you have to play the numbers. Yes. Otherwise. I largely agree with you. But the reality is you're right. And and I think if everyone's got to play everybody else twice eventually anyway. So while you can maybe adjust a little bit, the reality is you're going to play players in your FPL squad who are going up against top six opponents on the road. It's going to happen at times. Yeah. You can't avoid it without massive negative force throughout the season. So I take matchup and the, and the whole schedule with a little bit of grain of salt. Now, with that said, looking first at the top six clubs. Yep. All six of them play other top six clubs in the first four weeks. Yeah. Arsenal and Tottenham play two. Um, Great. Can we start this by saying... Arsenal and Chelsea have so much inherent risk going into the start of this season that I'm I okay, let me start it by saying this. I'm not asking you guys this. I'm saying this. I don't know who on either club or either Arsenal or Chelsea who's even worth a look other than Aubameyang or Lacazette. I can't think of one player on Chelsea who is going to be worth the money for the amount of risk that that is coming with them with new manager, no hazard, 
all of the like who's playing forward for them who like what is christian Pulisic going to be eden hazard yeah he's the new hazard that'd be perfect if he jumps right back into that or if he jumps into that role but and i would say manchester united is you you might easily be able to toss them in that lump too well and uh, arsenal and united will have played europa league matches maybe that'll help us out a little bit when the season starts and we get into the season preview but with all that said i agree with you except that whole Aubameyang lacazette thing for arsenal turns me off of there although i do like the fact that we have a second season of emery coming up yeah so there's not a managerial change to yeah, worry the about. consistency of arsenal is in management and getting to see whatever you know how Emery continues to grow the system that he has in place. Chelsea is completely how Solskjaer is going to work. You know, with what is Paul Pogba going to be there? Who is Lukaku going to be there? If he's not, then then what is that team? What what are they? They are so they are just so weird. I don't know how how, to, how else to describe them other than it's too weird. The most to powerful touch. man at that club is Ed Woodward, and no one knows what he's doing. I don't even know if Ed Woodward knows what Ed Woodward is doing. Conversely, say that five times fast. Conversely, City, Liverpool, and Spurs stable, completely stable. Mm-hmm. Manchester City and Liverpool both have pretty good schedules for at least the first two months of the season. If the money works, you'd max out on both. Right? Same with Spurs. I, I just, I, but the players You're are a little bit, money, the, the players yeah. are a little riskier after Harry Kane with Tottenham. However, you know the people that they have in place. So I might not own Delhi. I mean, the one big question mark is Christian Eriksen. What, what, what happens with Christian Eriksen? It's but, not that they can't overcome the loss of him. It's a big loss if they lose him. I think they can. I think they'll find a way. So how much do? But, so with what you're saying, you're right. The stability is good, but I want to focus in on Spurs because we're all going to max out on City and Liverpool as much as our money will yeah, allow. Yeah. The, the question with City and Liverpool, we can just say for the start of the season is: Will you own three? And if so, which one? That's and right. It won't be Salah. <laughs> Probably. That's going to be hilarious to restart that all yeah. over again. I can't. But with wait. Spurs. Dave, how much does it matter that they play at City and at Arsenal in the first four weeks? It matters a lot. That's horrible. <sighs> that's horrible for Spurs. And you know who doesn't score in August? Hey, that's my line. You know who doesn't score in August? All right, so Harry Kane is my week five free transfer. Done. <laughs> Decided. Thank you for helping Honestly, me. Honestly, though, let's remember back last year, Arsenal, Spurs game, and pre-Spurs game. Remember, I feel like Spurs was... Spurs at Arsenal was peak Arsenal last year. And they won the game 4 to 2, okay? Before that Arsenal had gone on a win streak. It wasn't against the strongest competition, but it was like 15 games. They won in a row. So, let's assume that they have a chance to start the season healthy and defensively better than we remember them, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying you go own them, but what I am saying is they're playing home to Spurs before September. So there's four games in August, Harry Kane's worst nightmare. And I still don't care about that. One of them Really? Yeah. I listen, I don't necessarily believe in jinxes. They play Villa and Newcastle at home in the first three weeks. I know. 
I don't, and he'll probably I don't, be I mean, fine. I don't love that they play at Manchester City. But, but Brian, if but, you're, you're going to be investing, let's say, 12.0 at least, probably for Harry Kane. And so two of the first four matches are against City's defense is always pretty good. And then Arsenal's, if you can get a, a healthy Arsenal defense to start the year, healthy Bellerin, and, and this is going to sound silly, Rob Holding. I know everyone's rolling their eyes, but let me tell you something. Their record with him in the lineup last year was actually Bellerin's really not going to be ready for the start of the season. You don't think so? No. That's already confirmed. That's by right. We got Maitland Niles. He might be better anyway. So. <laughs> okay. He might be Look, actually. Harry Kane from week one until he re-injures his ankle. I mean, I I feel like I, <laughs> it took me a second. It, me too. it took me a second. I missed that. I, I just feel like he. I feel like the, he has the bitterness of a of the end of his season, not getting to play, getting thrown back in in the Champions League final, and them getting then laying an egg. He's got. He's got. He got to watch as everyone. He might be. He might got, be really got barely past him in the Golden Boot. He wasn't that far behind the guys that ended up winning. Is he going to be determined, Harry Kane? Well, he's always determined. What, when has he not been determined? Other than City and Arsenal, I mean, hey. zoom out a little bit. It, they don't play Liverpool until the end of October. That's the only other. That's the only other match in the first Who's, three months that you look at and you're like, okay, that's not great. Who's serving him lunch? Harry if, Winks. If Ericsson isn't around, Harry Winks. Harry is. Winks isn't Ericsson. Of course not. Give me another one. Who's serving him lunch? He's he's getting lunch from Musa Sissoko. Everybody knows that. No, he's not serving lunch either. Sure he is. Christian Erickson. They don't he's have one server. No, he's getting, Christian Erickson was not that great last He's year. getting served by Delhi. What are you talking about? He's, getting, he's got Delhi. Delhi doesn't Delhi can be distributor. You Eric, know that. Erickson was okay last year, Scott. He finished higher with more fantasy points than, than Sun. Would you have bet that? Probably no. not. Well, Sun had some stretches where he didn't play. He was ninth overall. Okay. That's not bad. That's not bad. He's been higher. I'll say that. Years before, he's True. been higher. I am surprised by that. That he was so low? Christian Eriksen? Yeah. I'm that surprised that he he's that high. Oh. He is the epitome in my mind, now that I know that, of that guy I was talking about earlier. No. You, you could put him in and so forget about him. We said that. If you go back and listen to our summer pod before, we said that. We said Christian Eriksen is a guy that you just put in there. He might be slow in the beginning of the year, because you always say that, which you're right. He really is. And then And then he'll pick it up. But did we listen? No. You know who is that guy this once. year? Gilfie Sigurdsson. Yeah, Gilfie Sigurdsson. Gilfie was awesome. He was fifth Gilfie, overall. Gilfie was awesome Scott Weeby, did you own him one time last year? Maybe once, but... Brian Shesko, you you have a I love Gilfie Sigurdsson t-shirt. Did you own him one time last year? I did not. Year? I've already said. That's to my shame. I never owned him once. The fifth overall score in fantasy football. Yeah, he was great. Gilfie was great. You know who I did own, though? Who? Richarlison. And guess what? And yeah. Brother Matt, to his credit, he said it today on Slack. Slack sponsor us. I will now be looking at every penalty kicker differently this year. With VAR. With VAR. Yeah. And let me tell you who kicks penalties. Gilfie Sigurdsson. Gilfie Sigurdsson does. Let me tell you who misses penalties. Gilfie Sigurdsson. <laughs> <laughs> he would have been no, fourth. I, listen, Gilfie... I said it last season. And, 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 Towards the end of the season, it's one of my it's one of my regrets is that I did not own one of my favorite players and who and who was justifiably ownable a, a oh lot gosh. of the season. It last never season. seemed like it. We never mentioned him hardly. Sure, we did. We no, had we to didn't. mention no. him. We only mentioned him by saying we don't own him, but maybe we should. 
the look the thing with Gofi all season last season was he was that much more than Richarlison at every point. And when Everton looked like they had the matchup, the question was, are you going to spend that extra half dollar to own uh, to you know, switch Gelfie's to another six? Everton player? Right. So that was the that was the the challenge. And no one wants to do that unless year. you have a wild card you're playing. Yeah. You only do that on your wild card. Anyone who stuck with him and did if they actually did what Scott advocates, which is buy and and just let the form happen to the guy because he's good. Then yeah, you it paid off big time for him. Now let me go through a few clubs where the matchups seem to be worthwhile in discussing. I'll start with Bournemouth. Dave, they play Sheffield and at Aston Villa in the first two weeks before City at Leicester. Are you intrigued by a Bournemouth player based on that schedule? Give me some David Brooks, man. Uh, if he's not an Arsenal player, give me some David Brooks. <laughs> I haven't heard any rumors, and it and it hurts. It hurts my heart. Everybody wants. Da- everybody wants David Brooks. No, no, I'm serious. I, I, I mean, it's no His secret. price would be I, higher. I wanted to be known. I was on him early last year. I might have been the only one, but his price will be higher this year, and he won't be the steal. Probably, <laughs> I don't that, think it's going to be that much higher. It might not be. He didn't finish that well. Born, Bournemouth, I mean, Ryan Fraser is the guy who's going to leap. Callum Wilson will leap. Yes. In, in Josh value. King. Josh King will. I don't know. What? He'll, he Callum might Wilson go, and Josh King were the might, same last year. He might go up. But Callum Wilson was the one that... Why, I, why Wilson guys, more Bournemouth than wasn't that much better of a club last year. No, either. they weren't. Let's keep that in mind. I just feel like Callum Wilson was... I feel like he made a bigger splash. They might have ended the they might have ended the same, but Callum Wilson was the one everyone was always talking about. Crystal Palace also plays Sheffield and Villa in the first four weeks. Crystal Palace also starts at home against Everton, and they go to uh, go to United in week three. Any interest in uh, Crystal Palace based on that schedule, Dave? Yeah, I just don't know who's going to be playing for them. I, I'm seeing rumors today. I know this sounds crazy. I don't even know why they'd go that route, but. Zaha to Arsenal. Yeah, that Arsenal. The, there's there's tons of that. Now, listen, if you told me that, hey, could we find a lineup where we could get Zaha, Lacazette, and Aubameyang out there? Hey, that could be fun. 4-3-3, a la Liverpool. Yeah. No, I'm serious. It, yeah. it could be. Why not, right? Like It has worked. A formation that a, works. Find a way to make it happen. Yeah. I don't know if it'll happen. I'd love to see it happen. He gets to stay in London, so maybe that's appealing. So, That's what I mean. Crystal Palace. This is, I mean, they're they, two. They, Crystal they're pa- two. They hold a bunch of chips. They're two right? most desirable pieces. Are two of the most desirable pieces of any uh, that anyone is trying to get within the Premier League. Yeah. Is it fair to say that they might be holding up the summer right now? I mean, it's interesting. Look, like you know, we said, Erickson. Erickson, if he goes anywhere, he's going out of the Premier League. Yes. So that that messes up. That Lukaku and United is not that major. I don't. I mean, I don't feel like that's that big of a deal. But but Pogba is. Pogba's major, and everything He's, with him well, is. Does he go back England. to Juventus? Out yeah, he England. he leaves England entirely. All those other, all these big pieces are all somewhere else. No one's. No one is moving like these two guys. Juan Basaka is a is. A, I mean, is he? Don't don't you feel like he has the look of a guy that's a steal at whatever asking price yeah. Crystal Palace is wanting right now? Yeah, it's and so Zaha true. is like you know, it's time. So, time for a bigger challenge. Time for a bigger club. Time to you know, yeah. he's earned it. He really has. By the way, we mentioned uh, Chelsea earlier, and who is going to be playing for them, scoring for them? Batshuayi is a Chelsea player. 
Sure. Remember, he was on loan to Palace. I had forgotten. So, and Chelsea has a ban, right? So all their, a lot of their players. They got to come back home. But not, Maybe not all of them, but some of them. Well, not all of them. Got to come back There's home. There's about Bournemouth, 60 of them. I know. Bournemouth is not too far off of that. I think Ryan Fraser is is a huge piece. He's been rumored to go to Arsenal. I, Who's I not would, rumored to go to Arsenal? Out of I would love to see Ryan. Come on over, Ryan. David Brooks. Everyone loves David Brooks. Well, Callum, Wilson, Callum Wilson to, to just about anybody. Yeah, sure. I mean, I feel like they have pieces there that are the same. Lester has the same exact thing with with. with Chilwell, Maguire, yeah. Madison, and Telemann. That's true. So, th- I feel like those those clubs, it's that range. You know, they are they're all going to be fighting for kind of the same spots. Well, the difference with Telemans is that they loaned him in, so they they need to purchase him to yeah. have him. They're they're up against a lot of competition there. Right. Leicester's schedule is not terrible though. Wolves at Chelsea, at Sheffield, Bournemouth. Not terrible. It's it's depending on what their squad looks like. Right, who's there? It's a little bit different. So just to go jump back on Everton for a second, the difference with them is that who's moving out of that club? I think Everton's got a tough start to the well, schedule. Th- it's, I disagree. Are you kidding me? Ever- at Crystal Palace, yeah, yeah. Watford. Hold on, stop. At Villa. Brian, does Brian need to remind you Wolves. how good Crystal Palace is at home? At Bournemouth, does, Sheffield. No, Everton on paper has one of the best... Six runs weeks. of matches until the end of October. Watford finished in the top ten. That's not a pushover. At Villa, sure, you like that. And then Wolves? Dave, Wolves finished in the top ten. Dave, Watford finished in the top ten because someone has to. <laughs> Scott, Watford last year on their day was as competitive as anyone in the league. Maybe that, that just goes back to my point that who cares about matchups? Watford... But, everybody plays everybody else twice. But it's it's kind of I feel like Watford you defensively have, unless I mean they're kind of in the same spot. Like what are they going to do? Are they all of a sudden going to add somebody that makes them a brick wall in the back? I mean no, they, there are goals. There that's, are goals in that defense. That's fair. But so it that, doesn't goals doesn't equal wins. I'm just saying that like, I'm, as far, I'll play as, far as fantasy assets go, I'll play looking at Everton, I, I don't mind them playing at Crystal Palace, especially if they're kind of in in flux. I mean, like, again, all of this has a lot to do with. And we don't our, know who are our be main there. guys going to be there. What yeah. I'm saying about a team like Everton or Wolves, and maybe Watford is kind of the same. They're not really. It's not a. They they've kind of established a little bit more solidly. So Everton had a lot of these pieces in place. I mean, they, they, of course they want to add, but it, they, like the biggest thing with them so far is can they keep Andre Gomez? Like, that was like the biggest news for them this season, and it's because everyone wanted that guy, and it looks more and more likely. I mean, it looks like they're just gonna maintain him. Yeah. So, I mean, good for them. I mean, they did it. I mean, is this Dominic Calvert Lewin's year? Man, you know what I mean? Be. Like, is there is there like I feel like they have. I, they can still go up from the from the players they have. Dominic Calvert-Lewin might now. might be the Jimenez of the league this year. Depending on his price, I'd look at him as third forward, maybe. Because Jimenez's price will be obviously higher. Yeah, he's right? going to be way up. So, but you know what? I'm not going near him. And this this is, again goes to how little I care about matchups. Go near who? Raul Jimenez and you're, Wolves. You're going to go entirely. The, I'm going to go the Burnley seventh go place Europa, Europa curse. Absolutely. Wolves had a small squad, played the same 11 every week. 
just like Burnley did the year prior. Did a great job. I hold nothing against them. I had Matt Doherty in my lineup most weeks last year. But this coming year, no way. No way. They're going to have to show me first. I'll be fine losing out on a couple weeks worth of points with somebody in that Wolves lineup. With all that Europa qualifying that they're going to have to do before the season even starts, they're going to have to show me that they can do it again this year and not experience a sophomore slump, which is a thing, high Huddersfield, and overcome all the extra matches that go along with Europa League qualifying to whatever far-flung European locations they're going to end up playing in, while then also handling at Leicester, Manchester United, Burnley, and at Everton in the first four weeks of the season. No way am I going near a Wolves player for the first four weeks. I don't like Wolves starting <laughs> You don't like they're, their starting 11? No. You don't like their starting matches? Thank you. I said that completely wrong. I don't like their starting. It's not... It's not four great, matches. But I mean they I feel like their quality is high. I, the the question would be how do they handle an additional uh an additional set of of games. Who are they going to bring in to help them too? Burnley Some, couldn't handle someone it. else from Portugal? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean what were you, were you saying this to Wolves last year like who are they going to bring in to make top 10? Well, no one thought they'd finish in the top 10. And they did. But you doubted all the players that they had last year. So they they found players that people doubted, and they did fine. I liked Rui Patricio. Okay, sure. He and Nathan Redmond are the same person. <laughs> no. What? They are not. You're thinking of the Rui Patricio manager. is the goalkeeper. <laughs> you're thinking of Diogo Jota. You're thinking no. of you're thinking no, of Nuno. You're thinking of Nuno. Yes, I'm thinking of their manager. You're thinking of Nuno Espirito You're thinking of no. Cheers to Bourbon. No, what's Rui Patricio is not Wolves. You're thinking of Patricio is their freaking goalkeeper. Yes, he is. Ruben Neves. No, I'm not. What's wrong with you? You're thinking of no. I know. No, I know who you're thinking of. Nuno Espirito. Espirito. God bless. You're thinking of Jean Michael Sarri from Fulham. For some reason. Oh, we hardly knew you, John Michael. What a letdown. That the last club of those of that would-be top 10, West Ham, is the most defensively stable, I think, of all of those people in terms of players that they have in place who perform well, who everyone else is chasing. Hey, let's talk it's a, about... It's a Diop. Let's, let's talk about this And a capable quick. goalkeeper. They so, just need they just need the players. They just need some of these other players to do their job. There is an irony before Dave makes his point in the guy that Dave promoted like game week eight last season, but proceeded to do absolutely nothing. It's a job for West Ham. Yeah. It's now relevant in the summer for so many clubs. Yeah. But he couldn't a, bring himself good, to be relevant for like, West Ham at all. It wasn't his fault. His teammates sucked. A young, a young, capable center back. Yeah. Well, and Balbuena was the Balbuena was the guy. And Balbuena got hurt. Remember? Yeah. That was okay. that was the worst thing for him. So let's discuss this. Some of the middle level clubs, I think, are always the most dangerous when they're fully healthy. Okay. okay. So so West Ham because they're not as deep. They're not as, as deep as some of the bigger clubs. So therefore, I feel like before the season starts, in the first five or six weeks of the of the season, the middle level clubs, the 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 twelves through the sevens, there's about five or six in there or whatever. Those clubs, you, you did math, quick, quick real math good there, there, Matt. Quick or, math, uh, Scott. real good there, Dave. Twelve to seven, 
five or six. <laughs> Those clubs There's are... always going to be five or six clubs between places seven and twelve in the table. Just <laughs> so you know, Brian. This is this is this the analysis. This is the hard hitting analysis that anyone who listens to this podcast oh, is man. trying to get. I love us. So this what I'm trying to say is this, you morons. I hate both of you. <laughs> They're tougher. Those middle level clubs are tougher to start the season. It won't surprise me this. West Ham starting the season at home with City coming to see them. West Ham might get a result. Dave, this just in. Tell me. Two hammers are hurt. Already? I it just happened. That's I'm sure I'm sure it did. I have no it idea if it did or not. Marco After, Marco Marco is not going to be there. His groin's pulled. Let's discuss West Ham's starting legitimately, Dave. I'm with schedule. you on this. Like I would bring in a West Ham player in week 2 knowing that one of their city matchups is out of the way for the entire rest of the season. So look, they got they it's got It's not bad for the, the at least a month after that. The You're next right, three, Dave. they're they're at Brighton, at Watford, home Norwich. I'm just saying, hey, tough and mighty then, mighty then, Watford's in there. And then at and then at Aston Villa, Dave, add that in there, you might as well. Is that that the that's the, after fourth, the international that's the break? fourth match after that. I'm I, surprised you're including mighty Watford in that list. I, I just don't know what Marco Arnautovic was such a difference maker offensively for them. I only want to talk about Marco, but he's not going to be there. I mean, there's no way. There's no way? He I hasn't mean, gone anywhere yet. Okay, there's a chance that he stays. Is there a chance Slavin Bilic is coming back? No. Oh. <laughs> there's no chance of that. <laughs> Look, I just don't... I feel like they're in that boat of... They, they just have too many question marks, and they're losing the one guy that was... You know that you wanted from them. Do you want another? Do you want Chicharito? No. Would you even think in a if that was if he was four dollars, you'd think about it. I don't know. And if Marco was gone, then maybe we'll see. I'm just saying. I, West I just, Ham always has a player or two that surprises me. Right. Felipe Anderson had his moments last That's year. Right. He, had a, he had a very good season. I think even when even in their bad matches, I mean, Felipe Anderson was the guy who was. A second season for him might be very Listen, good. West Ham was very good the first half of the season last year. And then they had injuries, and then they weren't as good the rest of the year. Dave, let me ask you a question, though. Is the sun going to come up tomorrow? It will. It is just as likely that West Ham will have a very lengthy injury list in the upcoming season. It happens every single year. At what point do you just say, you know what? It's just going to happen. Maybe um, they got a new physio, Scott. Did you they? don't know this. We could, we could no, find out. No, no, the one thing. We could. The we fantasy, don't have interns to help us. The Fantasy Premier League themselves <laughs> said this this week. The one thing that does that is semi-intriguing about West Ham, and it, it would involve Wolves too, is that is that West? if you use West Ham players and Wolves players defensively you can avoid top six matchups with wolves and west ham all season long so there's two issues that i have with that analysis yes i, I i'm not advocating this, this. was Let, it hennessy and fabianski at the start of last season that i said it was something yes, with home did. it was something with like home that, yeah. matchups you could have a home goalkeeper yeah, you did yeah Yes. Uh, what, what I'm two saying issues, is, I have two issues with that. Number I'm not one, advocating this. I'm just saying what is out there. It was Begovich. It was Begovich with Bournemouth and Hennessy is what it was, I what? believe. No. Hopefully he did it before Begovich got benched. Number one, you, you, you're assuming you have to avoid top six matchups. Right. Number two, you're assuming 
Wolves is going to be anything like they were last season. They did something similar, too, with Southampton and Bournemouth. I mean, again, I just, when I read these articles on FPL, and I'm sorry, FPL, if you're listening to us and this is how you get content there's for your no podcast. Way they, there's no way they listen. It's true because they write these articles about matchups, and I'm t- saying right now, I, I think those are largely worthless for people. I really do. You might get a couple of nuggets coming out of this schedule, but otherwise, you know what? You're going to go with your anchors for over half your starting lineup, only changing them as you need to if form is devastating or if there's lengthy injury, and you're going to maybe swap out a few guys that are in the middle of the table to get the Aaron Juan Bissakas, the Luca Dinias, the Neil Etheridges, but otherwise, your bench is going to be crap to help you make sure that your starting 11 is the best it can possibly be. Why make this thing harder for yourself than you need to? Get the best 11, play them out there every week, and hope for the best and adjust as you need to with your free transfer. Yeah, I don't, I mean, especially because the players they're, they're saying, they're highlighting are, are Diop and Boley. I, I mean, with the assumption that you're not, that uh, Doherty, 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 Doherty. We have to. We have to. Know how to say this guy? It's not. It's not Doherty. Well, we already did, and you led we, us astray, Brian. I don't even remember that. <laughs> Look, I'm happy to go back and didn't and delete episodes. Didn't Barry? Yeah, he did. All star listener yes, Barry set us straight with that. He did. I want to give him some credit. Of course, well, he deserves plenty of credit. I'm saying that I blame, uh, as usual. I'm going to just pin the blame on a unnamed announcer saying that that's where i heard it and okay. and and announcers are continue to lead all of us astray thanks arlo white for freaking nothing and what i'm saying hey, is hey, that hey. arlo is an american hero what i'm saying is that they the players they are suggesting are cheaper than the more expensive options and saying you if you wanted to do this strategy you could do it probably pretty cheap with these guys I'm not saying it's a good strategy. I don't think I would trust West Ham's defense at any point next season for any reason whatsoever. But I'm just saying what's out there. Dave, do you care at all about the three promoted clubs in the first four matches? I was gonna. I was curious um, about that too. Of course, we're all curious about I think, that. I think there there's some value there. I think it's going to be difficult early on to try to figure Dave, out where it is. Let me add on to that question. Do you care about them in any way other than cheap man? No. Okay. No, you're right. I am interested in cheap guy, right? I mean, that's I think especially to start the season because you know pretty much who's going to be playing the first 4 weeks and the, and there's not any injuries yet, right? You heard so, it here first on our season preview pod coming up in 6 weeks, Dave's going to tell you who this season's Colin Quainer will be. Yeah. What yeah, sure. Figure out what what formation you want to play, and then fill your bench spots with zero dollars and invest all that money in your starting lineup. In my opinion, you're foolish if you don't. That's the one thing Dave and I have agreed on in this episode. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad you, you guys... haven't done that in the past, Scott. I'm glad no, you guys are coming together. On You've been a. I have grown as an FPL owner. Sure. No, which is no, it's good. Look, we we all should be doing that. Let I grew tell you, last year. Let me tell you what happened. I've realized, like, I've been that guy that's always looking for value everywhere, right? I want the best 15. I've done that in the past. But you know what that does from week to week? It makes it really hard for me to know which 11 to play. Mm. And I miss out on the really big points from the top players because I haven't gone for the money anywhere. Yeah. 
I want to make life as easy as possible for myself this upcoming season. I want to get the right guys in the right spots. And in our season preview pods, guess what I'm going to do? Yeah. I'm going to break players down once we know what their values are for the new season by tier. And I'm going to look at the best guy for each position, defender one, yeah. defender two, defender five, yeah. midfielder one, forward three. And I'm going to do the best that I can, and I'm going to make his life as easy for myself as I can by not having to play the matchups, play the lottery every single week with, hmm, which one of these 15 guys should I it's play? It's not lottery. It's not lottery. It is Statistics. the closest thing Statistics. to it. Unless you have a clear starting 11, it feels like it. That's fair. I'll agree with you there. Hey, I'll say this. You know what's wild is I'm not sure I've ever realized, it, and you can feel it sometimes week to week, but it's a long grind of a season, right? So you don't realize when you miss out on points how bad it's really going to hurt. Mm, yeah. Do you know what the difference was, Scott, last year between a difference of 42 points? So Brother Matt beat me, begrudgingly beat me, by 42 points last year. The difference was 280,000 places. Wow. 42 points. That's just over a point per week. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's small. Tiny. I mean... You have two bad weeks, right? You, that that's maybe one or two captains where you missed, and the other the other person got it. It's true. Over a thirty eight week season, like right, that's Brian? a small yeah. margin. League right? champion Brian, even, even league champion Brian, he beat out second place by twenty seven points. Those twenty seven points, which pretty much happened in the last week, was a difference of sixty thousand places. It's crazy. So I'm just saying, like these, every single point matters. Every single point, every single captain pick, every single point, if you want to do well, you have to do well from week one on. You have to. Otherwise, just don't even play. Freaking go home. Be a, almost, uh, I almost said be a, be a someone who quits. Oh, we we, we have a player who quits our league every year and doesn't listen to this pod, and I wanted to call him out, and I did not. That's all right. Yeah. I chickened out. Well, on that negative note, which came from Dave, I want everyone to note, uh, we are going to uh, to end this. But We didn't even got... talk about Southampton. Yeah, because why? I'm just kidding. Or why? Newcastle. There's a lot in the schedule we didn't talk about. That's fine. But according to Scott, Scott's like, hey, let's do a, let's do a schedule podcast. And then he's like, you know what? Matchups don't even matter. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> I was so ready to do that. It was amazing. I mean, it was amazing. I was so ready. You, you duped me. You well, tricked me. I have a role to play, and I played it well. What can I say? Look at you, stupid. We're just getting started on our summer, though. Keep subscribed to our podcast. There have been a few episodes that we've released, some stories that I've been uh, excited to share on various topics. We're going to continue to provide some content as we get closer to the start of the new season. As we always do, it's become a fantasy soccer FC tradition. We're going to highlight the three promoted clubs new to the Premier League for this coming season. I love it because I always learn stuff there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to definitely do that. We've already been talking about how our season preview show is going to work uh, and whether you know anyone who's new to FPL, we want to introduce you to the, to the game that we love so much. So we're going to have an episode on that. Lots of great content that's planned to keep you throughout the summer. There might be some weeks off, but don't be alarmed. It's how the summer works until the matches start. 
that's how the podcast will be. But stay, stay subscribed to our feed or keep following us on social media, on our website. Keep an eye out for new content. We'll be sure to provide it uh, as we are able. Scott, listen, you go back and listen to our Wolves podcast from their, their promotion podcast last year. Guys we mentioned, Jimenez, Shota, Bowley, all relevant in the fantasy Premier League. It's true. So I, I just I want that to be said. Sure, you could listen to the Cardiff and realize that maybe there were some things in there that weren't relevant. But I think I said a lot more about Bobby Reed than I should have. Maybe. But hey look, look, we it's just like I said earlier. You play the numbers, you play the statistics, you you pick a horse and you ride it. Sometimes your horse wins, sometimes it finishes the race without the rider. So that happens in life, right? <laughs> Not very often, but yes. It happens. Anyways, that's all I got. All right. Hey, for the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time. <laughs>